Welcome to Culture Matters, a podcast exploring the intersection of faith and culture. Hey, y'all. I'm Elizabeth, and I am joined today by my co-host, Tamarcus and Adam. And today we are going to chat through some of the recent news headlines. I want to start with something really serious, something heavy. Adidas is going to sell the rest of Kanye's shoes and donate the proceeds to charity. Boom, boom, boom. Unpopular opinion, I think his shoes are ugly. <gasps> Ooh, the sneakerheads all over cringe. <laughs> um, you know, I think at one point I did too, and then he won me over with the Wave Runners, and then that just kind of retrograded to, you know, I think I think he was on to something. Mm. I just wasn't ready. My palate wasn't ready yet. Okay. Okay, <laughs> um, so what you're saying is I have an unsophisticated palate. I'm not saying that. But sneakerheads around the world <laughs> might, they might say such a thing. How much are his shoes? How much do they cost? Uh, when they release or when aftermarket? Release. Yeah, they could be anywhere from 200 so nor- th- That's more normal. Yeah. But I've seen like insane prices on things. Oh, yeah, because they're limited. So then like they get sold out and then people resell them. Gotcha. And then they're thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. Yeah, that is crazy. It is wild. Here's my thing. I feel like Adidas is trying to do everything they can to salvage their their following while also making a profit off of his designs. Because they're going to sell all of the shoes that say his name on it. But they didn't say they're going to donate all of the proceeds of all of the designs that they've yet to release that won't have his name on it. Oh. Like, I, just, I feel like it's just still... They're exploiting it, but they're trying to make it seem like they're <laughs> they're doing the right thing. And it's like, ah, I mean, you kind of, kind of not, though. Yeah, it's a weird, um, I guess the controversy must be, like, should they sell them at all? Should anything mm-hmm. have his name on them? You yeah, know, when yeah. you kick him out. When you cancel somebody, yeah. do you cancel them or do you cancel their work, you know? It's a question that... Right. Yeah, and I guess if it's if they're academics, you cancel their work as well. It seems. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yeah. not. By the way, I'm not arguing for any of this. I'm like trying to comment on what culture does. That's all. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like uh, so. Kanye's been canceled, but have his shoes been? Should we wear his shoes? It's like musicians, right? It's oh, the same yeah. thing. Like, do you do you still buy their record? You know that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the question. I mean, and, and to me, I'm I'm like, either way, it's their business. Bottom line, all that stuff's in order. And it's just like, hey, he's been removed from the team. His work is under Adidas. We're going to continue to do the thing. I mean, it's kind of, that's that's the, I think that's the mixed kind of review. It's like, oh, is, was this a, a way to get rid of him and be able to profit off? I don't know. I think it's, it's arguments one way or the other. I just think it's the way they've continued to try to roll out how they're like working around it has been, I don't know. It's been interesting to me. Yeah, it is. I mean, look, this may get me in trouble. Mm-hmm. We've all known he's been mentally ill for a very long time. I mean, <laughs> and so like 
if all of a sudden you're like, I mean, I guess it is, there are things that are a bridge too far, but I'm kind of like, look, if you've been listening to and buying his stuff for a while, he's been saying insane things and mm-hmm. harassing people and doing things for a long time before he went after the Jews. So, you know, it's like, it's interesting when people choose to get on their high horse, you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Well, well, with I think with Adidas founders history, it behooves them a hundred percent to not take yes i I was thinking the consumer rather than but yes i think you're right Um, adidas is a german company they've got some just for the listener they've got some uh, once upon a time their founder (laughs) may have been in cahoots with yeah pretty sure he was a nazi Nazi. so So, you know you take a light on kanye people start to dig and they're like wait a minute are you and so yeah they're 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 doing some would you wear his shoes um what are you trying to do adam i'm just no i mean like i i think it's one of those questions that's like difficult it's like um i don't mind saying i think kanye's a brilliant musician for sure mm-hmm. i think he's a brilliant designer i mean he's a an original mind you know yeah. and so it's like i don't i i can personally separate the artists from their their work you oh, know? Sure. somebody gave me a pair of rave runners an 11 and a half i'd wear them. yeah i would not oh my gosh elizabeth but it's not because okay. of principle <laughs> it's because she thinks they're ugly <laughs> <laughs> which maybe is worse it's like elizabeth i yeah. wouldn't wear them because i don't think i could pull them off so oh you could <laughs> you just wear it with confidence there you That's go it. people catch on you gotta believe you mm. do <laughs> Just not in what the guy who designed him says. You know? Next episode, he's like, hi, I'm Adam Hawkins, and I'm wearing Kanye's. This episode is sponsored by. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. We're going to make a hard left turn and talk about something actually pretty serious that's happened close to home here in Texas, mm. which is the recent shooting in Allen, Texas. So, Adam, can mm. you kind of give a summary description for those who may not have any idea of what happened here in our neck of the woods. Yeah, I mean, I guess just, I'm sure most people have heard, but just to provide a little bit of context, there was a man who pulled up to an outlet mall, basically um, during the mor- like morning slash afternoon hours, mm-hmm. and uh, got out of the car with tactical gear on, including um, bulletproof vest, hundreds and hundreds of rounds, several clips, and uh, with an assault rifle, um, shot up uh i think is um how many people are dead now nine i think nine died and i think another seven were were wounded so um i think the second biggest mass shooting in texas this year and uh it was horrible he killed an entire family except for one surviving um six-year-old boy uh who's who's that's been in the news a little bit um and that boy has no family anymore his family was korean he's got an aunt who is in college and then his grandparents are not citizens and they don't speak english so he's in state custody right now so there's like a lot of you know you sometimes we just hear the shooting and it's terrible but the downline effects into families we don't Mm -hmm. always hear that and that I, i just provide some of that information because it's it is the tragedy and the ongoing consequences um are will just never the world will never be the same for a lot of people so 
Yeah. Uh, that the person was killed as well. Sorry, okay. I should say a cop who was there for a different reason. I think he was on a on a different call, you know, mm-hmm. at the mall. Heard the shots, ran to his car, grabbed his rifle, and then shot the the um the perpetrator. So yeah, yeah, horrible. Yeah, I um so I I mean I I passed through there on my way here every day. It's wild thinking um they had a memorial there not too long ago. Um, I think they I think they might it might still be I think it's going until the end of the week. But just, I mean, that's just such a, normally such a, like, packed and lively place. And it's just, you almost, you just can, you just feel every time you, you mm-hmm. go by, of just like, man, like, um, does it, does it open again? What is that like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think about um, the young people, especially who were there, or who have friends there, and just that. Gosh, yeah. Between schools and now just places of leisure, like just that uh that feeling of um lack of lack of security. Um, I could imagine trying to process that as a as a, you know, teen or even younger. Um yeah. has been weighing on me. Yeah, I mean it's this this collective sense of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, because it seems that you can't like you said to Marcus, you can't go anywhere. Like every kind of major place of public gathering has experienced a mass shooting. Um, And then there is this, the immense loss of life Mm -hmm. and then the after impact of that. So to think about that young boy Mm -hmm. and how his life has changed forever and how how he will be a different person in this world because of what these events have happened. Like to the idea of having to grow up without any of your family. Yeah. Like that's just... Like, I don't have the words to express Mm -hmm. the deep sadness and the community grieving together Mm -hmm. to me is something that I thought about, you know, as I was thinking about what happened in our neck of the woods and like, how do we grieve together? Yeah. Uh, Because I think there's one thing for something to happen to one person in your community group or a family in your church, and we all come together to kind of support them, but you're in a good place as you're helping them walk through their grief. But when everybody's sad, what do we do? Mm -hmm. So how have you all kind of stepped into that as citizens, not necessarily maybe with this one, but with other instances of how do we grieve together as God's people over situations that don't have easy answers? Yeah. I think one of the things, uh, uh, to quote the theologian Kendrick Lamar, uh, everybody grieves different. Mm -hmm. I've, I've found just like giving, trying to give people space to process. Cause I feel like something like this happens anytime, really anytime like death happens, Mm -hmm. but especially in a situation like this, um, nine times out of 10, when I talk to people, they're, however they're responding their response to their response, oh, it sounds kind of weird, is like, I feel like I'm not doing it right. Mm. Like, um, mm. everybody else is really sad and I'm just kind of, it didn't hit me. Or it seemed, or everybody seems like they're just going on about their life and like, I just feel paralyzed mm-hmm. or like, I feel more scared than I should or I feel like I'm not as whatever. And it's wherever people are of just giving them the space of knowing like, hey, like everybody handles grief and loss and this kind of tragedy differently as I often have to even remind myself and try to remind others is like 
give give yourself grace. Like you're gonna respond the way you respond. One day might feel super heavy, and it's like it's okay to feel heavy. What the what you experienced was something that elicits heavy feelings. And then there's other days where you might feel more levity, and it's like by God's grace, don't you don't have to feel guilty for having a good day, you know. And so just helping people kind of give themselves space as they walk. Uh, kind of try to walk that line, I think has been helpful for, for many. We're all in positions where, and anybody out there, if you have kids, if you have friends, if you're mm-hmm. yourself, we all also have this double um, responsibility mm-hmm. of kind of like helping lead others or ourselves towards yes. something. Our grief has both the immediate immediacy of the grief, of feeling it, of of paying attention to it, of sitting in it, of like you said um, to Marcus, kind of, you know, shamelessly letting yourself feel your emotions and recognizing them. But I do think there's a step two of then moving it towards something, going yeah. to God with it. Yes. And so just, I, I'm, I'll I'm, give a perf- personal example and, and probably at the risk of offending some, but um, I have found myself really sort of angry or frustrated, maybe is a much better word, frustrated. Um, and I'm allowing myself to feel that frustration um, at the lack of, uh, we will not do anything about this. So the cynicism, the frustration that, okay. And and already since that shooting here, there's been other mass shootings in the country. So it just happens all the time. And if I'm really honest, what I say out loud and to myself is like, this is the society we want. This is what we want. We're choosing this. We don't have to choose this society, but we choose to live in this society because we don't do anything about it. So that's like where I start. Mm -hmm. But then to start trying to move it towards the Lord, to say, Mm -hmm. God, you are the one, not to be apathetic, not, God, you are the one who can change things, God. You are the one who changes every human heart. You make wars cease to the ends of the earth. You are the one who can beat weapons of war into tools, right, of, of, of flourishing. And so, um, you know, to remember that we have a God who's powerful, to remember that we have a God who sees our grief, and to remember that um, we're not helpless and we're not hopeless. So I think yes. as I take myself there, trying to learn how to take others there too. So giving them the space to feel what they feel and then when and where appropriate saying, but you know, we remember Jesus, remember yeah. what we have, right? And, and and that's a careful conversation, obviously, but yeah. But it's it's important too. Yeah, um, it is. I love that you say that because I, I mean, personally, I'm a, I'm a person with big feelings, so I mm-hmm. feel stuff. Deep. Um, I'm reading a book right now <clears throat> called uh, Try Softer. And one of the things the the author says, uh, kind of talking about this. So they were going through that. Their therapist, they were going through their own things. And their supervisor was kind of giving them some, um, what do you want to call it? Some advice or counseling more so. And basically, he that's where the title of the book comes from. He told her to try softer and she kind of looked confused and he was like, I'm not telling you not to care. I'm just telling you to care differently. And I think that was really impactful. And I think part of what you get to, um, Adam, cause it, it's similar with me, whereas I can, you know, I'm feeling the different feelings and emotions and all the things. And there's a way that that can lead to, like you say, it's a careful conversation because you, 
wouldn't put it like this probably like in the middle of a conversation with somebody, but there's a way that we can like sit in our grief that leads us to a place where we actually try to play God rather than right. leading into needing him. And so even some of that feeling of like, man, there's so many things going on and I'm trying to care about all these things and how can I do it and what can we do? It it almost puts in a place of as if like we should have the answer and we should be strong enough to figure it out and we should be wise enough to do all the things. And it's like actually what I can, I need to feel all those things. And then to your point, go like, God, you're the only one who could do anything mm-hmm. about that? Like at the end of the day, obviously, like is he going to work through man? Is he going to use us? Can we absolutely? But it's like I have to move to a place where I'm like, God, this is this is too big for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not omnipotent, but you are. Mm-hmm. I'm not omniscient, but you are. Um, and so I can't be in all places at once, but you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and allowing um, that knowledge that God is in control that he ultimately can and will deal with all things. Mm-hmm. And then from that place, be able to care in a way that doesn't crush me for not being God. Mm. When it comes to um, kind of what we care about, uh, because I do, I think the idea of us feeling the weight of all the things, right? And so we turn to the Lord, but this process of it's another thing. It's another thing. Mm -hmm. It's another thing. So Mm -hmm. even the collective grief can have this element of weariness because we feel like we're having to lament everything. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to all the things that show up on our timeline, man, how do we even have wisdom about what energy, and maybe that's the right word, we give to grieving the things or speaking out on the things? What shows up in the pulpit? What do we need to comment on on social media Um, as we are wanting to be in community with the people around us and the issues they're dealing with, how do we know which ones to pick up and how do we know which ones to keep at the altar before the Lord? Mm. I mean, there's a lot there, right? There's a lot of pieces of that because you could break it down in a lot of different ways. You know, you said a couple different things. It's like what shows up in our feed or the people around us. And so I think one way to be wise is, look, if you're looking for evidence that the world is broken, if that's the narrative you want to tell, you're going to find that. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of evidence that the world's beautiful. Mm-hmm. God's still at work. We live in the already and not yet. And I think we've all met, I, there's, I, I don't want to, I'm not trying to um, push aside anyone's pain, but I, as it relates to social media, as it relates to what we're paying attention to, as it relates to what we eat, and what I mean is what we consume, Mm -hmm. like it has an impact on you. We know that. We know that watching divisive media has helped make the world much more divisive, Mm -hmm. right? And I think the same thing is a a bit true. If all you do, and I remember there was a phase in like uh, high school, uh, maybe middle high school, where all I listened to was like really sad music. (laughs) Part of that was because I was sad, but it also made me sadder, you know? Mm. And I think there's a sense in which, and then we've all met the flavor of the week. I mean, I was in college, I remember, and there was like the guy who protested everything. I mean, it was like, Every week he had a new thing to protest. I remember he'd be in our little public square area. And I'm like, do you really care about these issues or do you just like are you just angry? Yeah, yeah, you know. And so it's like from that perspective, right? And and so this is a subset. It's like, hey, um, I think paying attention to the fact that you're limited. Uh, and you live in a limited time and space can really help you because yes. like 
there's a lot of tragedy in the world and if all you do is watch all the tragedy in the world you're gonna you're gonna start to crumble under the weight of that because you're not god you're not so pay attention to what's happening around you in the immediate you know be here be 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 where you are you know and if if you can unplug from social media and the world news stories to pay attention more to what's happening locally i think you'll find that there's like a lot of beautiful things that happen as well on the other hand, I think one thing, uh, Elizabeth, that you talked about is sometimes there's seasons of intense grief. So you might be doing that. You might have said, look, I don't want to, I can't hear another, you know, mm. I don't think it means you just watch cat videos, by the way. I'm not saying hide from it. I'm just saying pay attention to what's around you, what's near you in your limited space. That might be what's happening. And you're in a community group right now of people who are suffering. There's a lot of different sufferers. And I mean, the advice I have there is you have to let God be God. It's what we've been saying. And you have to, anybody who's in a helping profession, therapists, pastors, others who know when you are sitting in room after room, you have to take time to unplug from others' trauma, unhealth, et cetera, uh, or you know, tragedies. And you have to take time to just sit with the Lord, sit with a good book, and a cup of coffee, and that's not denying the pain of others, but again, it's being grounded and realizing you're not God. As you were talking, it made me think of in Mark, the first kind of scene where we see Jesus right. working tons of miracles, Right. and he leaves, and there's still many of people from the town that are coming to be healed and to be touched, and, and they're like, where is he? And he's like gone off mm -hmm. early in the morning right. to spend time with the Father. And I think about that often. It's like, man, if if Jesus needed that yeah. and like modeled that, like how much more right. you know, do we? And I think I think part of uh again going to the realizing our limitations is like taking that I think taking a space sometimes I know for me, not prescribing this to everybody, but one of the ways that, that has been helpful for me, we speak about the timeline, is one trying to like limit or eliminate it as much as possible in the sense that it sometimes the, if I, if I spend too much time in media, social media, new, whatever, I lose a sense of proximity mm -hmm. with things. And so something that's happening in my own house and something that's happening on the other side of the world both both are real yes things to be cared about but for me as a limited person who lives in Princeton Texas right with right I can't care and effectively um, engage with both of those things equally mm -hmm. and I think that's part of something that I honestly had to learn myself is and I think that's part of the caring different is it's it's not that you um, the way that you you handle it is you got to stop caring about everything right but realizing that I, I can't care about uh, what's happening in, you know, like I say, on the other side of the world in the same way that I'm concerned with, you know, my daughter had a hard day at school yesterday. Right, right. Or my coworker is going through a tough season. And it's like part of part of where we get to um, we get to trust God in both of those is that, man, the same way. Um, maybe he's using me in the community. He's put me to be a light and to speak truth. Uh, there are believers in other communities, right, and in other places who are who are being faithful and doing the same thing there. And the way that I partner well as the body with them is by being present 
in in caring and doing what I can do here. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point, even that has limitations where I need to take time. And so there's a there's just there's spaces where we really have to grapple with the fact that we're finite. And I think maybe some of the cultural narrative, um, even if it doesn't say it explicitly, it it calls us to move in a way as if we were not finite. I mean, I just think about two two examples to go biblically. Again, this is an important topic, so I think it's it's good to spend time on it. But yeah. you know, in Ecclesiastes, there's a time to weep, there's a time to sow, there's a time to reap, there's a time. So it's like there's a recognition in the Word of God that it's not there's a time to weep, the end, period, full yeah. stop. Perpetual. There's a yeah. there's a time to rejoice. There's yeah. a time, and and then I think of Jesus taking that kind of idea and moving it into community and rules for community. And he says, the ethic of Christian community is weep with those who weep and uh, celebrate with those who are celebrating, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be able to do both. Mm -hmm. So if all you're doing is mourning, then you're missing something about the world. You're missing his power and what he's about. And so like, that's the point, I think, part of the point you're making is to say when you're limited, those around you are hurting, hurt with them. And then go and celebrate your friend's birthday and yes. have a good meal and have a glass of wine and, and and enjoy the common grace of the Lord in the world, yes. right? Mm-hmm. It's it's that kind of thing. Yeah. And it, it to me it's to reject the shame the right. world wants to place on you right. because you're not active in every single issue. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so there can be this pressure to say, well, I need to care about this. I need to post about it. I need to say something about it. I need to stand with this person. And we're limited. Yeah. And I, sometimes I wonder, I know the value of speaking about justice and right things but sometimes when that's where it starts and stops hmm. versus I am engaged in my local community and I don't always have to put that on display for people to prove that I'm a good person. Right. Hmm. Um, and so the pressures of wanting to please the, the masses or sometimes the mob online, I think, can can cloud. You don't have the capacity to do all the things. God is still on the throne. Mm-hmm. And in the same way he is moving your heart, like y'all have said, uh, to be active in your community, in your family, and connected to the people that are around you, that he can and will do that in other places. And so to me, it just is it, and this is what we're talking about it because it's discernment. Yeah. Right. Um, because it doesn't mean we don't need to care about the things that are happening overseas. It just says, Lord, give me the wisdom to know where I need to put my energy, uh, where I can contribute resources, where I give my time, what can I give to in my prayers, and what can I leave the rest to you? Yeah. Amen. All right. I want to um, close with this one. Uh, we closed with the fun, open with the fun one. We're going to close with the fun one. To Marcus, um, the NBA playoffs. You got any thoughts about that you want to share with our people? You know, I do. Feel Who's like I get team, to be first of all. Feel like I get to be on ESPN right now. You know, um, I am a Mavericks fan. Okay. We're not in the playoffs, so that's rough. that's right. <laughs> so then I uh, was like, you know what? I'm going to get on the Memphis bandwagon because okay. I like John Morant. Yep. And they're not in it anymore. So that's sad. <laughs> so now, you know, I'm just kind of watching the games yeah. for the fun of it. Yeah. Um, you just want to see good I just want to see good basketball. Right. Yeah. And there is there is that. So right now we're in the conference finals. So in the East, you got Miami and Boston um playing against each other and then in the west you have the lakers 
led by LeBron, and they are playing against. And nobody thought they were going to get this far either, so they're kind no, of uh, nobody it's an thought, interesting. They barely got in. They right. had to like do the play in. Right. They didn't just like clinch the playoffs. Um, but who are they playing? I don't, the nuggets. nuggets. They're playing nuggets. the Nuggets. Should've That's known. who it is. Bang. We did it, guys. Um, <laughs> playoff basketball is great. If you, I think basketball is one of the most beautiful sports. Um, I had a hard time. So there was two teams, the Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. and the 76ers. They lost. They barely missed the conference finals. Great series, by the way. And they fired both of their coaches after Crazy. the loss. Yeah. Um, two, Doc Rivers, and I forget what the coach of Phoenix name was, but those were kind of like uh, big shockers mm-hmm. people. Because, I mean, they're solid coaches, and they took their teams pretty far into the playoffs. And even, I think both of them got eliminated in game seven situation. So it wasn't like it was a – like they just got stomped. But I just – I always think that's a hard precedent to set uh, in, a, in a program where it's like you – you don't win right away, then you're out. Yeah, no, that's 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 hard. I feel like yeah. you've done all that work and then it doesn't go right and you're out of a job. Yeah. Kind of hoping that the uh you know, I love Jason Kidd. If you're listening, shout out you the man. But you know, <laughs> if we could uh if we could scoop up the Phoenix Suns coach, maybe, Monty. maybe yeah, he's he's solid. Yeah. He's pretty solid. We love you, Jason. <laughs> Is there in tying that back a little bit to um culturally we have this big series going on we it's a it's another year where we get to celebrate you know the part of the just beauty of what god's created in terms of athleticism and the ability of the human body and will and teams and all those kind of things as you sort of think about that and you think about the aspect of worship you know this captures the imagination and mm-hmm. attention of people and then you know we you realize that so at the same time there is this decline sharp decline especially among younger people in terms of belief in something transcendent mm-hmm. do you think that things like the world series nba finals you know um super bowl Champions League for those of you who watch soccer, um, and and things like that. Do you think it's sort of? Do you think people are trying to find transcendence in in these giant sporting events? the The idea that I belong to something bigger than me, that there's a story, that there is battle and and triumph of will, etc. Uh, I I think I think there's an element of that. Me personally, I experienced that more in uh boxing Mm. and i but i imagine people probably you know everybody has their sport but i i love like especially when it's a you know big matchup or whatever even just watching before the fight the kind of road yes to to, the match of like all of the training and the story and the background um and i think there's i think even with you know in, in the nba finals it's like you look at the lakers and for a lot of people it's like man this team they like barely made it LeBron's on the, you know, other side of his of his prime. Right. Like, are they going to be able to fight their way up? So there's this, I think at the end of the day, it's like that underdog story. Right. It's always um, captured people's imagination of the, the, the little guy who's able to overcome and could push through. And if I could, you know, work hard enough and climb hard enough, to which case I would say it's a, a kind of transcendence, probably not the kind that is a, uh, 
immediately helpful because it's not always you could work really hard and you could try really hard and then it could all fall apart well i mean i think that's the point is like it's it's a different form of worship right i mean that's been the trope for a long time it's a different form of worship but you know um even what you just said about the underdog story i mean i think that's the kind of thing that god has put in the hearts of humans because it's when you think about jesus and who he is and it's like I just recognize the longing when I watch big sporting events, something in the back of my mind does that critique that says, um, and it's good. I love them too. You know, I'm not, but it, it, there's something that says, man, um, there's some misplaced worship happening Yeah. or maybe even better. This is a sh- better language. This is a shadow of what's actually possible when yes. you worship God. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yep. No, yeah. exactly. I mean, and I, I feel it even more so for the players. Right. Because I, you know, I, I know the stories and I hear the backgrounds. And I mean, you know, you watch any number of players from any sports documentaries. Right. And it's like their upbringing and their their hopes. And, you know, they a lot of them become like the hometown hero. Right. And it's, you're going to make it, you're going to do these things. And then they step into this new realm that has all of these new problems. And, you know, a lot of it doesn't end up like maybe they thought it would. Mm. Um, and they they feel they feel some of that um i finally got where i always wanted to be and it's it's great but it didn't do all of what didn't i thought, do what it, would I thought do. it would do mm. um and it's i always pray that the lord just meets meets people there mm-hmm. kanye shoes collective grief sports worship nba playoffs uh, y'all, with these cultural roundups, we just try to take stories from the headlines and see them through the lens of the gospel. And so usually each week I have a final word for y'all to provide some encouragement. But this week, I just want to encourage you to go find some good stories. Mm. This week we talked about our limitedness and knowing that we see so much stuff in our timelines and so many things that are sad and hard that we can also forget about the moments we need to rejoice with the things that are happening in our community. And so you probably have an overwhelming amount of stories that are difficult or hard. But I want you to go find some good news stories about what the church is doing, about we see improvements in our culture, things we can rejoice with God's blessing that is happening because we know that we are limited. He is on the throne. He is continually reigning. And no matter what's going on, we're called to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice as we live in community with God's people waiting for him to return. Thank you for listening to Culture Matters. This episode is produced by Chelsea Conway with editing and support from the Good Podcast Company. If you're a regular follower of the podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can message us on social. Check the show notes for more information on how best to connect with us as well as connect with our guests and ways to support their work. See y'all next time.